Silicon Valley Bank, uh, based in the West Coast, has failed. It is Sunday morning. So this broadcast was Saturday. The situation is very fluid. We're not sure what the actual plan will be. I would expect very much that we're going to have some kind of announcement from the Federal Reserve the authorities, the FDIC, regarding the process of the liquidation or distribution or finding a partner. The number of outcomes is dizzying. This podcast is going to be about how it affects everyday people. Welcome to Jay's Corner. My name is Jay O. I am a certified financial planner. I'm also the author of Maximize Your Medicare the published book. Jay's Corner is there to try to explain how certain financial matters work, to try to help you separate the signal from the noise, so that when something changes, you're not distracted wrongly, and instead, keep your eyes on the ball, which is tough to do given the way that we are given information. There's a free and paid newsletter. Go to jo.substack.com. There are two YouTube channels, Jay's Corner, as well as Maximize Your Medicare. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you digest your podcast. Be sure to leave your comments. Let's begin. Stunning is the only word. The largest bank, 11th largest bank in the United States, failed in two days. It is Silicon Valley Bank. It is the largest bank to fail since the great financial crisis. My name is Jay O. Welcome to Jay's Corner. I'm going to review, number one, I'm going to review what happened. I'm going to review how it could affect you in the near future. And then I'm going to close it by discussing how it can affect your financial plan. For newcomers, for newcomers, I'm a certified financial planner. I fill a number of different roles. Many people may know me as the author of this book, Maximize Your Medicare. It's available anywhere. You'll see my quotes based around Medicare, healthcare cost planning everywhere, thestreet.com here. This is the most recent. You can see the links in the chat. In addition to that, I am part of, I'm an education fellow at the Alliance for Lifetime Income, protectedincome.org. You can see that Elton John re-upped with Protected Lifetime Income, the Alliance. Here's a quick copy of my colleagues here, uh, distinguished and, uh, you know, highly accomplished colleagues. And then there's me. So <laughs> that's basically a story about who I am. All sorts of links. Here is the free new and paid subscription newsletter. Please go ahead and join that if you find today's information, what I share with you, interesting. So right to it. We're going to get right to it. Here it is right here. SVB, Saginaw, uh, Saginaw. Uh, Silicon Valley Bank, based on the West Coast. Largest bank failure since the 2008 financial crisis. What I'm going to do is review quickly what has happened. There's a ton of comments, and please understand, this situation is fluid. We are not exactly sure how much depositors are going to get. I'm very sure that people are going to be working around the clock this weekend, along with the federal authorities. 
I thought to find the best summary online possible, and here it is, I believe. Uh, meaning enough details, not so many details that you'll be overwhelmed. Let's just quickly review. So Silicon Valley Bank basically took money from startups. The depositors were overwhelmingly the money received by startups. They deposited into Saginaw, I'll stop at some point, Silicon Valley Bank. Okay. So what ends up happening here is that they take the money, the bank takes the money, and they invest it. They can either make loans, they can invest it in securities. Here, you can see that they invested it in a bunch of securities, U.S. governments, mortgage-backed securities, commercial real estate. They lent it out to other borrowers. The issue here is that their investments started to fail. And by fail, what I mean is that the, not that they went defaulted or went bankrupt, but the price declined. The price declined. And it was very easy to see why. Very, very easy to see why. People here, people who are subscribed to the channel, they have seen me say this in many, many times right here. Basically, what ended up happening is since the denominator increased, the NPV, the price decreased. Very, very simple. It did this to a large degree. And then what ended up happening is that it got worse and worse. Right? Every time that the Federal Reserve increased, basically what ended up happening is this continued. This process continued ongoing. This is still happening. This is still happening. Right? And we'll get to the ramifications as soon as possible. So now as a result, now <clears throat> SVB had these investments. They started to decline in value. Now, every bank has rules, regulations, right? Meaning that they need to have a certain amount of deposits in order to support a certain amount of investments, right? I'm not going to get into the technicals there or the philosophy there, right? In other words, people are going to ask what your net worth is before they make they give you a loan, right? Same thing here. Same general concept here. Now, the issue is that what end up happening is as equity markets declined, as technology and the NASDAQ started to move up and down, the deposits from the startups slowed. They slowed. And at the same time, their investments, the value of their investments declined. That combination created problems at the bank. Because of that, they felt pressure. The borrower, the bank, felt pressure. And they felt so much pressure, they wanted to increase the amount of cushion. The problem that created is that 
when banks tried to do this, that provided a signal to all of the existing depositors. So what did they do? They said, look, I need to maybe be able to get my money out in order to pay for expenses, to pay for payroll, in order to pay the rent at my startup. What did they do? They tried to pull. They tried to pull their deposits. In fact, you can see here that that's a bank run, meaning that all the depositors tried to pull their money out at the same time. And in fact, they were advised by others to do that. They were alerted. They were whispered, look, you know where you're, you've deposited your money? It may not be available to you. You need to get out and you need to get out now. You know, one small, one small borrower pulls out, it's fine. Two, fine. All of them simultaneously is a problem. And that's precisely what happened. When this kind of thing happens, remember I told you here that they invested in stuff. U.S. government bonds, mortgage bonds, commercial real estate, loans. Some of that stuff, some of those investments don't have to be marked to market. And what that means is, uh, let's just say you had my uh, a Rolex, a, a, a watch, and you put it into the ground and you presumed it was worth X. And let's call X $5,000. But the reality is, is that your Rolex moves up and down in price. Where you can actually pull it out of the ground and sell it to someone else it fluctuates up and down. Maybe it's 7,000. Maybe it's 2,000. The point is, is that nobody really needs to take that into account, the fact that it moved up and down in value. Until the point that you need to actually satisfy the regulator. Now the regulator goes, okay, how much do you have Let's tell me what you think it's worth. Well, at the time they ask, how much is your Rolex there that you've not been accounting for up or down in price? At that very moment, it's at not 5,000, it's 2,000. And it's 2,000 and the prospects don't look great because interest rates are rising. Now all of a sudden you can't liquidate. Yeah, in theory, your, your Rolex is worth 5,000. That's what you paid for it. But in practice, you can only get 2,000. And oh yeah, by the way, if you actually pick up the phone and they know who you are, you're also not getting 2,000. You're getting 1,900, 1,800. The, per, the vultures circle. They're like, oh, you needed to sell your Rolex because you're in trouble. I'm not going to pay you 2,000. I'm going to pay you 1,500. And now you can see it. And this, and this is common, right? I mean, you, for example, 
you have a rummage sale because you have credit card overload. Right? You're not getting, you know, you're not getting $100 for your Patagonia jacket that you've never worn. <laughs> you're not getting 100 right? Forget it, right? You know this. this. Jay's Corner is here to kind of just attach as your common sense, right? Very technical, very complicated things going on. But the reality is, is if you just step back, you've seen these situations in real life. You've witnessed them. I'm sure of it. And it's important to keep what we know, what you've experienced in everyday life, and not be overwhelmed by the incredible amount of jargon. That's what Jay's Corn is for. Let's continue. So you can see what ended up happening is now the bank, Silicon Valley Bank, the regulator said, hey, they were looking, in other words, the management of the bank said, you know, we don't have a big enough cushion. We need a bigger cushion. Investing community took that news as, oh, that guy's in trouble. That guy's in trouble. And what did they do? You can see this dramatic decline in the stock price of Silicon Valley Bank. This is the traditional bank run. That's what the, the you know jargon of bank run actually is. And so as a result, you can see what ended up happening. And they wanted to raise this cushion, but there's no buyer, there's no provider of the cushion. So what had ended up happening then is the cushion ran out. And they made it worse, don't get me wrong, right? I'm not going to sit here and settle whether or not, you know, the management did this, that, and the other. That's, <laughs> to be candid with you, that's a five-hour talk show. That's a five-hour video. We, we don't have a society where you're going you're gonna to watch for, you know, for 60 minutes even. So the idea of five hours is forget it. But you can see what ended up happening. And on this thread, they, it's correct which is that they miss, they may have mishandled it and they may have mishandled it badly, right? The entire process of telling, oh, it's kind of like you kind of mosey up to the, to, you know, you mosey up to your parents, hey, mom, dad, can I, can I have an extra $10? <laughs> they look at you with stink eye, right? And they're like, what's, what's going on? Well, in the real world, in financial markets, they act quickly. And if you then try to go, try to, you know, launch word salad as, well, I needed it for extra books so I can get good grades. They're like, ah, uh, really? Sounds like you need an extra subscription to video games. And they go, no. Well, that's what happened here. And in other words, this process just continued. The authorities knew. Of course they did. They've been prepared for this type of outcome. Now, again, we're not going to debate whether or not their reaction was appropriate or whether there were alternative action. We are always going to have Monday morning quarterbacking. We're here now. So I'm trying to explain to you the facts as they are. 
right? In other words, you're going to see a bunch of, I promise you, if you look on Twitter, you're going to see a stream of should of this, should of that, could of this, could, could of that. I'm not here to judge that. I'm not here to judge that. So now you can see what ended up happening. They failed to raise the cushion. And as a result, what had ended up happening is then, yes, what was going to happen for sure, right, is the fact that, yes, the FDIC has taken into receiver and managed its resolution. <laughs> that's, that's the highly qualified uh, version of it's closed. And that's precisely where we are now. Now, the issue is, right, there are assets inside, right? The Rolex is still there. But the problem is, is that they had to sell other stuff that they could find a price. Banks, by their nature, are guaranteed to $250,000. That's the FDIC guaranteed. Beyond that... Beyond that, it is not guaranteed by anything. All it is, is assets and liabilities. All it is, is assets and liabilities. And this very, uh, let's just see. Um, you'll see, uh, and you can look up this version, very well-known person, right, Bill Ackman, a very long tweet here about all of the possible different, you know, allocations here. And you can see, and you can see it right here. And I'm not going to read this entire thing to you, but this person's largely correct, right? In the sense of the fact that trying to say, okay, as a result of trying to sell what they could at the price that they could get, there are going to be ripple effects, right? There's a ripple effect to the fact that you sold your new Patagonia jacket at $50 when you paid for it on sale at $70. That loss of 20, right, is going to be eaten by the depositors who are not guaranteed. In other words, they put in $100, they're not going to get 100 back if the amount that they deposited was greater than $250,000 in total. And beyond that, by the way, this kind of, and you can see it here, this is the total amount. Meaning that only 2.7% of those deposits inside of Silicon Valley Bank are insured, leaving 97.3% uninsured. Entirely reliant on the liquidation of all the stuff that they could sell, which they have, and the Rolex. Both. And from what remains, they're going to pay off what remains to the 97... What is it? 97.3%. They're not going to get their full money back. 
it is very unlikely that they will get their money back. This is why we've got this very long tweet from Bill Ackman, meaning, and he, that is his opinion about what how this should have been handled. Again, we're not here to settle that. Now, you know, we're going to have crossfire from every location. Here's one here, right, which is that while they're processing this, that doesn't mean instantly. It doesn't mean instantly. Apparently, the bank's going to be open on Monday. People are going to be on pins and needles. That's what this tweet is about. Just think to yourself. And you can know it, right? I've we're going to we're going to discuss it in a few minutes. Subscribers, watchers of this channel, I've called this Jay's rib shack, right? Because I would not financial advice, not saying that Jay's rib shack, which is not a real company, right, is a buy or a sell. But to relate it to things that you could easily understand that something that's happening everywhere in the country. Jay's rib shack had deposited money in Silicon Valley Bank, needs that money in order to pay for ingredients to make ribs. It's delicious ribs. The bank is closed. I put in a hundred, I get out X, and I don't know how much that is. I don't know whether or not I can pay for electricity or rent or wages or ingredients. That's the point of this tweet here. These types of things, again, you know, there's going to be philosophical debate, shoulda, coulda, etc., etc. Again, we're not here to settle that. We're not going to be able to settle that, to be candid with you. The crossfire will continue. It's going to continue from every angle. The people who are going to opine are going to be highly qualified. I'm very confident of this. I'm very confident. We have 300 million people in this country. We're going to have opinions, and some of them are going to have their own point of view, and from their perspective is going to be correct. They're going to have their own valid points. It's just going to be of different opinion, easily summarized by one of my favorite phrases, where you stand depends on where you sit. That's going to happen. Let's continue. So, now these kinds of things, and we're going to get to this in here, uh, very ra rapidly, which is the issue now, right? Now, let's just say you live in Iowa. You live where I'm broadcasting from, Ann Arbor. You are in South Beach. You've never heard of Silicon Valley Bank. I've never heard of Silicon Valley Bank a week ago, right? I know that there were banks who would be involved in this, sure. Subscriber to Jay's Corner actually knows these people. That that can happen, of course. The issue is that people's minds start racing. They start thinking, okay, is there another bank? Is there another bank? And this tweet here is talking about the largest banks in the country that on these days you could see a JP Morgan minus five and a half percent, Bank of America minus 6.34%, Wells Fargo minus 6.04%. 6 the question here that will remain unanswered 
we will see is whether or not the baby has been thrown out with the bathwater, which is whether or not these declines here or whether or not the problems that exist at Silicon Valley Bank that resulted in its closing does actually exist at other banks. Personal opinion only, this is not financial advice, is very, and I'm not alone, is this, which is the Financial Times, you know, highly qualified, high end of financial uh, periodicals, no question about it. I don't think anybody uh, who knows or has experience in financial markets whatsoever would dispute that. It's indisputable. <laughs> I don't like coming to close a line of disputes, right? <laughs> I'd rather, you know, repeat the obvious, the easy, and here, you know, I'm the person too, and yes, you can see it here. This opinion is SVB is not the canary in the banking coal mine, meaning that, and his basic, uh, I will have a link at, after the end of this broadcast, which is basically saying that, look, the problem at Silicon Valley Bank is not across the banking industry as a whole. And in fact, on Friday, you did, in fact, see the money center banks, the JP Morgans, the world, the Wells Fargo's, the cities, the Bank of America's, you saw their equity prices increase. I'm just recalling, recounting what happened. However, this, and you can see the short answer is no. However, that doesn't mean absent, right? Because... It has possible failures of confidence and they can take a life on their own if people enough people think that they are widespread, bad stuff could happen. Meaning, let's say that you have your money at Chase. Full disclosure, my checking account, my private checking account's at Chase. Okay. I No, I, I didn't pull any money out. No, absolutely not. Anyway, my point is that here, if there's a loss of confidence in the largest banks and they then pull their deposits out and they all simultaneously do so, then that's what this part is here. Do I think this is the central scenario, likely scenario? I do not. I do not. Why? Because the indictment of Silicon Valley Bank, it was only startups. Jay's Rib Shack, Pie in the Sky website, Pie in the Sky, you know, cyber service, whatever it would be, right? It wasn't a bunch of diversified depositors. It was a concentrated set of depositors. So Jay's Rib Shack was with Dutch's hot dog stand. Right? In other words, real tough to tell the difference. Similar enough. And so we reacted similarly. Of course we did. That's different than auto loan, mortgage, deposit, etc. You know, and then Jay's Rib Shack. That's a diversified depositor base. This particular bank seemed to have depositors that look and felt largely the same. So under stress, what happened? They acted the same. It wasn't diversified under stress. 
Remember that. We're going to come up to that at the end here today. So now that's the issue, right? Which is the question now is to make, and you can understand why the Federal Reserve, by FDIC acted so quickly. They can't have this. No way. They can, you cannot have this as the outcome. Because if everyone pulls their money from JP Morgan, or Chase Bank, I guess is what they would go by, right? They, their deposit from JP Morgan, that is a different level, right? One bank with that particular depositor base that is so concentrated, the world is likely to be able to survive it. This is not Lehman. This is not AIG, right? Because they had interdependencies with other financial companies, other investment banks, brokerages, investors. While I'm not going to dispute that it's going to be tough, right? This is going to happen. This is going to be tough for the people as the individual borrower wonders where they're, how they're going to be able to pay their employees or for ingredients. I'm not disputing that. That said, as an economy as a whole, I didn't say impossible, but not probable. Now, you know, kind of interestingly in this same thread, you know, what happens in the United States? Uh, you know, we've been living under the guise of the fact that federal government has your back on the FDIC guarantee and which is up to 250000 You can remember this used to be 100000 Great financial crisis, but one of the measures that Ben Bernanke and the Federal Reserve took at that time was to increase that guarantee to 250000 If you live in other countries, if you live in other countries, you know what you call this event? I'll tell you what you call it. You call it Tuesday. <laughs> you call it Tuesday. So... Yeah, I guess we're in a race for the uh, last playoff races. And so now, you know, you can understand th this last name is like utterly too long, right? I mean, my goodness, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> anything beyond two or three, you know, yeah, that, that's too long. If you're a person who grew up in Greece, the National Bank of Greece on the brink of not being able to withdraw your money there were daily limits on withdrawing money. This person grew up with his brother without real stable financial anything. Well, you know, now he's a Hall of Famer. Now he's an undisputed Hall of Famer. You know, if you dispute that, well, you and I are going to have to fight. But you can see, what did Giannis do? He took his money and he spread it. Why? He remembers the National Bank of Greece. He remembers the Greek, Greek economy. Right? The U.S. is not the Greek economy, but nevertheless, the scars that remained led this person, Hall of Famer, financial, financial security is not a concern. Even he spread it around. Just saying. We will know more in the coming days. It's As I said, it's going to be fluid. It's not going to be easy. We are going to find out what, uh, what is going on 
with the resolution of this Silicon Valley Bank, we are looking for to make sure that this is contained and that this scenario doesn't play out. Now, the second part here, and the reason for the long-winded explanation here on exactly what happened is that, you know, while you may believe you're not involved here on Silicon Valley Bank, that may be true. You have not deposited into Silicon Valley Bank. That's, that's entirely possible. That's, you know, very probable that you're uninvolved directly with Silicon Valley Bank. That doesn't make you immune. Let's just take a look at this spreadsheet. So subscribers to Jay's Corner, sub watchers of many videos, I'd flick them in front of you, but I'm not well prepared enough for all of that. What you have here is Jay's Rib Shack and this spreadsheet, about, which I've titled Mr. X. And Mr. X, uh, anyway, so basically what happens is you can see what has happened here as a result, right? As a result of higher interest rates. Not that complicated, right? So, but let's just review them quickly here, right? Let's just review them quickly here. So basically what ends up happening, my costs are higher every day. My ingredient inflation, interest rates have created higher ingredients, higher cost of labor. What must I do? I must raise the price of my ribs. My signature dish, it's now more expensive, right? You know this. Ask them either, so what ends up happening, right? Either I raise my prices and the buyers still came and they paid, or they stopped coming, or they went to Dutch's hot dog stand. Any one of those, right? In other words, there's pressure at Jay's Rib Shack. Clear, very clear. So what am I trying to do? You know, I got to lock in the money at low rates. I need to borrow money, let's just say, and I need it for pay, payroll or liquidity and ingredients. All logical, right? I attempt to lock this in for as long as I possibly can. If you think that Jay's Rib Shack is behaving any different than the Fortune 50, you're wrong. What happened in during Q1, what has happened so far in January and the first two months of this year? Record borrowing in corporate bonds. Record borrowing in corporate bonds. Why? Aha. It doesn't make those companies evil. It makes those companies rational. They did, the CFOs, the Treasury Departments, they did exactly what they're supposed to do. They were doing their job. Sure. The question, though, is what happens if Jay's Rib Shack, the small little, you know, five employees, et cetera, et cetera, what happens if I can't borrow? What happens if the music stops? Well, I had some big expansion plans, right? I wanted to move into the next city, right? Those are on hold. And if really, really stressed, I can't pay my employees. 
I can't buy those ingredients. I have to buy cheaper ingredients. I need to push down my cost. What ends up happening? Dutch's hot dog stand gets more clients. I start losing them. I'm not splitting atoms here. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying, right? The, the common sense effects can be understood by everyday people rather than getting being swept up by, you know, narratives which are doused in philosophical Kool-Aid, right? We need to not, Jay's Corner is about to say, let's just hold on, right? Let's set our personal, political, philosophical beliefs to the side so we can think through and do what's best for yourself. I don't care what your philosophy is to be candid with you. I really don't, right? That's your money. I don't get a vote. I don't want to vote. Let's continue. So what happens to you, everyday person, consumer? I'm in there. Well, I'm also, you know, having... I've gone to Jay, eat at Jay's Rib Shack. I don't get the, you know, owner discount. I have to pay the price. Get what has happened. The price of my food is higher, right? The price of rib, a plate of uh, ribs is now higher. I have to pay more for gas, four and a half dollars now, let's just call it. I have to start tightening my belt. The question is, so the other thing is, oh yeah, by the way, or all rational, right? In other words, actually we've had employment statistics, which are, you know, blockbusters to be candid with you, right? I'm not sure. One narrative is that's because, you know, the economy's humming along. Maybe that, I mean, that is certainly, uh, you know, a possible narrative. An alternative narrative, which I haven't read enough, I don't think, is that these people are doing so, including me, etc., because they must. Because why? This stuff here is getting a lot more expensive. And why is that? Because interest rates higher are. A mantra to Jay's Corner is stocks for show, bonds for dough. It's the number one <laughs> simple saying. And it's, you know, I guess if you're not interested in golf or if you detest golf, you're not really that interested. But my point here is that in financial matters, you need to understand borrowing. Why? Because it drives your ability to borrow so that you can invest, including your house, including getting a, getting cash to buy something else that you enjoyed so that you can pay it back later. We've had R so artificially low, pushed down, in order to make sure that you feel confident, everyday people feel confident, that the blowback effect here is starting to, is biting. And before I get to, the, uh, and I, I should almost, you know, yes, I, I'm going to do. Before we get to the idea that they shouldn't have this, they shouldn't have that, I need to remind everyone, 
Yeah. Well, maybe you could say that they shouldn't have this. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have made money that cheap. Maybe. That same mechanism pushed up your price of your house and your belongings to numbers that allowed you to chase your dream house and to, in many cases, to get it. Meaning, nobody complained when volatility was directly in their favor. Nobody complains when volatility is directly in your favor. Yeah, but this. Meaning, you can see, this is not just one, one direction. Nothing here says this is one direction. Nothing here says one direction. Get off the soapbox. You know, <laughs> employee says, get off your tangents. Those are your tangents. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is like important information. I'm like, no, no, I'll stop that. <laughs> so let's continue. Let's continue. So down here, what happens if the music stops? What happens? So you can see credit card, auto, mortgages. Credit cards now, 25%. Auto, what, 10 to 12%? Something in that range. You can see it. For individuals, now you can understand why people don't want to move. Why? Because they've locked in their mortgage rate at 3%. That's entirely rational. You can see the issue, right? You have housing illiquidity. Why? Because who's who would sell given the fact that you've borrowed at 3%? I want to keep that mortgage at 3%. I don't care if that other house over there, you know, just went down by $100,000. Because that means I have to borrow. And that borrowing would be at 7%. Oops. <clears throat> what happens if the music stops? Here's the issue. Right? So now you can understand the feedback loop back to, to Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank happens. It goes to the bigger banks. Now all of a sudden you cannot... What at the minimum is going to happen. Right? Your local bank increases the rate at which you're borrowing on a home equity line of credit, HELOC. Or what do you do? And that hurts. So what do you do? You stop eating at Jay's Rib Shack. And now I've got a problem. So now Jay's Rib Shack has a problem. You've got a problem. And now you can understand that why this is not just any old situation where, you know, Jay's Rib Shack goes bankrupt, the world continues. Why? Because I'm not providing the lubricant for other parts of other industries. My employees suffer, they get another job, right? The whatever dairy farmer lost a client. He sells it to an you know he sells it to another rib shack across the street. A bank is different, right? Because my ex my explanation over here on what happened, right, is that they took a dollar of deposits. They lent ten. That is approximately correct. 
for every dollar of deposit, they lend 10. Now, all of a sudden, you can see what's happened at the banks. Because interest rates are higher, right? You now know this as a consumer. You go to Treasury Direct. You can buy a one-year U.S. government bond at greater than 5%. That exists today. Or you can get keep your money at a bank at 1.5%. Why? So you acted rationally. Right? Why'd you act rationally? Yeah, you got to pay for your stuff. The bank, that's a cost, right? The 1.5% of interest is a cost. What choice do they have? So in other words, the in other words, right? The deposit rate, the low deposit rate, you know, you remember you're getting zero zero percent on savings and they're not too distant past. Now all of a sudden, there's an alternative. There is something else. Right? It used to be there is no alternative. Well, there is something now because one year US government bond rates five percent, two years, four point what, four point four percent. So what do the banks do? They raise the borrowing rate to you. And now you have it. So now you can see that no one has done anything irrational here. This is, makes complete common sense. So what ends up happening? They raise the borrowing rates to Jay's rib shack. I'm already facing a problem, right? Now all of a sudden, I maybe I'm having a liquidity problem to pay for payroll or to pay for my electricity bill. And now you can see here that we're not sure that this succeeds. At the worst, at the at the best case, the banks have to who borrowed at low rates, they've got to they've got to raise their deposit rates. And you are seeing that today. You are absolutely seeing that today. Right? The bank deposit rates are higher. Why? Because the competing deposit is higher. They need this in order to continue the entire process that, when I, that I described in the first 20 minutes. There's no way around that. Those are the economics and the workings of a bank. And now you can understand why, you know, the comparison of Jay's rib shack to a bank is completely invalid. When you read comments and hot takes from this, that, and the other, etc., etc., it's not valid because a bank is providing the, like I said, lubricant by which the entire economy works, meaning you, the individual person, and Jay's Rib Shack both. And that's your second segment. The glue is, of course, as I have said, and this is why I started Jay's Corner, because the misunderstanding of this specific single picture here is enormous. I can't even tell you how big it is. People don't understand the denominator. People are fixated on the C, the numerator. I call them, you know, citizens of numeratorville. That's the nice word, right? The issue here is that when it comes to the headlines in investing, it's even worse. 
It's not better, it's worse. I'm not alone. I'm not alone here. Like, right, I, I make up these pithy sayings so that people can try to understand my meaning. That doesn't mean I'm the only person here with this knowledge that people don't understand the denominator. Okay, that does not mean that at all, right? You might think that I'm there making it up by myself. You'd be wrong. And here's, so this is a macro investor with international bond, international investing experience. His probably better way of putting it is here. Investing without properly understanding the bond market is like eating soup with a fork, exhausting and counterproductive. That is more eloquently stated than I do here when I say stocks for show, bonds for dough. We are both saying the same thing, which is, oh, y'all don't understand the R. Unfortunately, the narrative in everywhere you look, popular press, and I use CNBC just because it is the most visible, right, in, in American life. That's the one that everyone knows. It's the network. Bloomberg TV is not is less so, etc. But Stock Talk is talking about the numerator primarily. You can see other shorts on the channel, right? Where I'm taking some pretty hard swipes at the dominance of that narrative. Because it opens up the doors that when it has just happened to be that the denominator has been low and stable both, both, right? It's not alone that it's just one. It's not enough that it's just one. And you can see it here. I And this is, you know, a history of what's going, of what has happened here. And you can see this here that I've stated. There's me on a self-made billionaire. Uh, she has no time for your criticism of the half of the halftime show, by the way. Anyway, here we go on uh, interest rates. It's not only the absolute level. Most of the past three. So really quickly, basically none of last of 2022 is a surprise. None of it. Followers of, of Jay's Corner, you saw this. This is August of 2021, where I was recounting what happened during Q1 2021. Over here, interest rates. It's not only the level, but this thing is the speed of the up and down. And that matters. Why? It matters because over here, Jay's Rib Shack, you, banks, if you're up and down violently, you don't have places, a way to plan. You don't know what price I can clear for my ribs and whether or not that I can keep the lights on. You don't know whether or not I can go spend on a vacation because you're not sure what my what charge you're going to be on your credit card bill. They can increase the rates as they wish. So in other words, you can see why I'm saying here. That it's not only the level, right? Because if it were if it were the level and you knew it and you knew it was going to be that way through time, you can then plan for it. You may not like it, but you could plan for it. The issue here is that in addition to that, 
if it goes up and down violently, let's call it 25% and goes to 35%, okay, now that's entirely different. You're not sure if you can buy, go on vacation and put it on your credit card, right? Your decision-making is different. So you can see the misunderstanding here. You can see under see the misunderstanding about why I call it stocks for show, bonds for dough. Elf calls it eating soup with a fork. You call it tomato, I call it tomato. Same idea. Why does this matter? So, <clears throat> all the things I talk about, this is the ripple effect, right? This is the ripple effect of whether or not this is a systematic problem. The fear over that, the feedback loops over that, can change this slide, which again, which I stated uh, in August of 2021. And what I was pointing out was this. Right, because they plugged in, they plugged in their expected, their portfolio, these expected gains. Right? And then out came the portfolio, but you had to have this grid. You have to have this grid. The problem since March is this grid has broken down in ways we've not seen 10 years. And, and there it is. That's about it. And there it is. Which is, you know, I can understand. Right? It's like, oh, well, that, that person showed up on, you know, popular news media, you, you know, it looks looks and sounds credible. The distance inside of that between the way that global portfolios work and the inputs are not, you know, it is related to the numerator, but it is primarily related to the denominator. Because if I can make 10% on US government bonds, why do I even invest one single dollar in Tesla. Why? I promise you the pension fund of, you know, to the degree that pensions still exist, right? Meaning that let's say you work for a large employer and they still had a traditional pension. If they can make 10% and that, and they can meet their obligations, guess what their allocation to act to stocks is? Zero. And you know what? That would be totally rational. Instead, what did we do? Instead of understanding that, what do we do? We spend time and hours and eyeballs and subscriptions to what? Project, earnings projections reports of Tesla. I got nothing against Elon Musk, right? I mean, some people think he's crazy. Some people is a genius. I'm, I'm saying, you know what? Though that, that can coexist, <laughs> right? I mean... Uh, before you say he's like the root of all evil and stuff like that, okay? Yeah, he put internet into on a satellite and people are going to be able to fly around the planet as a result of his effort. So let's just like, you know, look at this in a more even-handed way. Anyway, let's go. My point here is this grid here is what the glue is. And what this is, is the interrelationships amongst assets. And I have already described it to you. If I change that from Tesla to stocks, and if I have bonds at 10%, this grid 
is the glue. And from there, you then, they are determining what the asset allocation is. And for all of you skeptics who think that I'm making it up, this is PortfolioVisualizer.com, which is a very good site. This is the free version here. You can go on it. Oh, and if you go over here on Tools, you'll see it. Asset Correlations. Otherwise known as the glue. And there it is. Right, is that basically that video from a few from last 2021? Is I was noticing that what ended up happening is the glue started to decompose, it, its nature changed. And here's the issue here now, and we're almost out of time, which is but it's vital. These are the vital <laughs> takeaways here for persons who are looking at their portfolio, worried about retirement, worried about your financial plan, the way your financial plan, it, it works. Here's the input that you, right? So as a result of the fact that people did not understand this and they don't, and they are, they get told you need to have a diversified portfolio. Not if you actually know what this is at precise with precision. It's kind of like this thing is that <clears throat> you don't have to be able to calculate the model. You do need to have a feel for the way the model works, right? You don't need, you need to have an idea about how the model works. Jay's Corner is about pulling back the curtain on the inner workings of what's actually happening. The reason all of that is important is comes back all the way back to Mr. X, which is, uh, let's just see if we can get there. Let's just see if we can get there, which is, this is what I showed you at the beginning, meaning that the yellow here, it affects these numbers through time, different people face different circumstances and then different philosophies of living, objectives. Not my money. I don't get a vote. I don't want one. Nevertheless, if you have insight on how it works, actually works, then you can make a determination or tell your advisor, hey, I need it to look like this because my I care about the bright green, which is the sum of all of the inputs. That's your critical spot. Members of the stable at, you know, our place, right? At our place. Let's just call it there. This is not a mystery, I promise you. At this point in time, at this point in time, the subscriber, wow, that can't possibly, I hope, I hope that's not the case.
did we go down? I think we have. So basically my point here is that if you know this, if you know this, then you can get to a combination which fits you with conversation. Then I can take your direction. I can take instructions from you. And then you can get to the plan that fits you. One hour almost on the dot. Email address, contact information sitting there in your chat. Links there also to the free newsletter. Quotes that I've you know, tried to add. Last thing over here, and let's just pray. No, we still don't have it. That is awful. Obviously awful. There we go. I think we're back. Yes, we are in fact back. Apologies to you, to everyone for that. I'm going to try to get, get us back on track. <clears throat> what I, what really we're devoted to is to helping people understand and prioritize what is sitting in here through time so that they can get the max green so that they can pursue what they want to pursue what they want to pursue we went through a lot of material today whether or not you know it or not <laughs> a stunning amount actually right uh hopefully if you liked something from today be sure to just subscribe to the newsletter let me just point out one last thing. If you think that this is, that, you know, I've talked hocus pocus and that everything is de dependent upon the numerator, just take a look at this last thing. This is year to date. No one does, everyone knows Vanguard, one of the largest providers of financial products in the US and around the world. This is a targeted retirement fund which sits in many 401ks as an offering, many. At your company. You can see down here year to date 1.79. A very good counterpart would be BlackRock. A very good one, right? So I'm not choosing, you know, two guys in a in a straw hut, you know, reading smoke signals. We're talking about top of class. Vanguard certainly fits that description. 1.79. BlackRock same date, 2040. 1.80. On a hundred, let me just make sure here and shut this off. There it is. 1.80 there, 1.79 there. Percent. In other words, on a hundred dollars, if you started out on January 1, they are different today on that a hundred dollars by what? One penny on a hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm making it up. <laughs> Y'all.